Next week's episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. We couldn't find a sponsor for this week, so instead, we'll just ask you to subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the show. It's Monday, July 6th. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. Protesters toppling statues and monuments of Confederate leaders and slave owners. Workers in Jacksonville have dismantled a statue honoring fallen Confederate soldiers. They did it this morning. Loaded up on a low bed truck and hauled off the Capitol grounds. Heading Those voices are discussing Confederate statues, clear symbols that remind the world at large that you're a loser, more explicitly than owning an Android phone, getting a Harry Potter tattoo, or having a bathroom counter lined with a wide array of Amway products. The removal of these and other monuments has prompted outrage in small circles throughout America who are worried about preserving this country's heritage. After all, if someone takes down a statue of George Washington, how will we ever remember that he was president? In the wake of the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter protests, activists have called for the removal of icons that glorify the worst aspects of our society, collectively dragging a folder marked Roseanne from the desktop into the trash. Protesters and politicians alike have toppled or removed statues of Confederate leaders, such as Jefferson Davis, Robert E. Lee, and Stonewall Jackson, the snap, crackle, and pop of racist Krispies who have remained honored for losing a war 41 years before Kellogg's began manufacturing cereal. Memorials to segregationists, slaveholders, and other lousy dinner party guests have also been targeted, including more than three dozen different statues of Christopher Columbus over his genocidal tendencies, a Theodore Roosevelt sculpture at the Museum of Natural History that emblemizes colonization, and Philadelphia's shameful bronze Sylvester Stallone that celebrates the atrocity known as Rocky V. And because outdated iconography faces no statute of limitations, collective action has not been limited to statues. Due to his well-documented racist history, Woodrow Wilson's name will be stricken from the record at Princeton University, and his buildings will be renamed to something more appropriate. Like, the I'm having my legacy hedge fund manager father pay 50 grand a semester during a pandemic for an online school of public and international affairs. Last week, Mississippi voted to remove the Confederate battle emblem from its state flag, which will presumably be replaced with a picture of a guy on a tractor struggling to read the Bible. And to remove any lingering associations with racial insensitivity, the musical group Lady Antebellum rebranded itself as Lady A. And the Dixie Chicks have become Chicks Without Dixie and are now simply known as the Chicks, signifying a willingness to make powerful steps towards, hopefully, someday, eradicating country music altogether. Erasing the shameful elements of this country's history can seem like a fast and easy solution, just as clearing your browser history can make it seem like you don't know the URL to Pornhub.com. But even if you rename Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville to just Margaritaville, it's not like you're fooling anyone. You're still going to end up with a migraine and a stomachache. There are many painful strands in this country's DNA that simply can't be edited out using CRISPR, and we can't just sequence away the bacteria by pretending it no longer exists. Don't get me wrong, Confederate statues need to be taken down because they, like a community theater production of Hamilton, never should have been mounted in the first place. But truly important historical figures that have undeniably complicated legacies, like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, shouldn't just be dumped in the river overnight like a Sopranos extra. They should be remembered precisely for their complex histories. The fact that things are not always black and white, and that seemingly good people can actually be terrible people. I mean, isn't this the country of Breaking Bad, The Godfather, and Grand Theft Auto? Since when did we start rooting for the good guy? 
The president, himself a wax figure, signed an executive order on Monday demanding the creation of a National Garden of Heroes, featuring historically significant Americans such as Davy Crockett, Antonin Scalia, and Amelia Earhart, if anyone can find her. But if anyone wants to truly create a lasting monument that truly honors this country's citizens, perhaps we should focus our energy on ending qualified immunity for police officers, eliminating weapons of war from our streets, and convincing Karen at the Macaroni Grill that she needs to wear a mask if she wants to pick up her 5,000 calories to go before we start pouring cement that we'll try to take down again in another hundred years. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Jeff Porter, a 20-year veteran of the film and television industry who currently works as a producer on the Anna Ferris is Unqualified podcast. Jeff, thanks for joining me. Yeah, no problem, man. Glad to be here. A few weeks ago, O.J. congratulated broadcaster Graham Benzinger for the success of his long-running interview series. Hey, Graham, this is yours truly. <laughs> Well, it's been a lot of lot of years since I first met you, and it's still sort of a surprise that you've been on the air with this show for 10 years. O.J. Simpson was my first interview that got a lot of exposure. 17-year-old Graham Bensinger has just landed an interview that would make a veteran interviewer a little jealous. Regardless how accomplished O.J. the football player was, it's not plausible for many people in their mind to separate that from O.J. Simpson, the murderer. No, no, there's no O.J. Simpson, the murderer. Right, no, I'm saying you're not. I hope the next 10 years are as, uh, as rewarding as these past 10 years have been for you. Jeff, what do you think about what O.J. had to say? Well, I think O.J.'s right. I mean, 10 years producing content, that's pretty impressive. Being in the industry as long as I have, I, I know that it's, it's difficult work, and that's really impressive. And I kind of have to agree with O.J. on this one, so... It's great work. Congratulations, Graham. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? He's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Jeff, thanks for joining me. No problem. And that's the latest written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. Announcement, we are on a new app, a new weird podcast app, the Listen app. Go to listenappapp.co. It's a podcast app where you can create threads and discussions about the episodes. I don't like using Facebook and nobody goes there anyway, so this is my attempt to speak to you who is listening, as if you are listening to the outro. I, I'm sure you hit stop right after the OJ bit ends. Anyway, listenapp.co. Find the threads there and maybe we can uh, have a conversation. Uh, latestpod.com latestpod.com the uh, website for latestpod.com latest podcast of the show other weird apps uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify whatever see you soon and by see you soon I mean hear you soon and by hear you soon I mean you'll be hearing me soon and by hearing me soon I mean you'll soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast